This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, the mayor was scheduled to be with us right now. There is some kind of delay, but Kim Wright is here, and uh, we can certainly talk about what we were going to talk about the mayor with, and that, of course, is transit. And it was very interesting to me that in the middle of the election campaign, Justin Trudeau said, hey, I'm signing on to Doug Ford's Ontario line. Uh, the mayor says that's a good thing. But now we see Jessica Bell and and Peter Tabins, NDP members, uh, demonstrating outside saying, wait a minute, let's not take this money. Let's... Uh, diddle with the plans again. Yeah. And in fact, before uh, the prime minister said, yeah, we're, we'll take this money, we'll sign on to this deal. In fact, Adam Vaughn, uh, the now returning MP for uh, Spadon to Fort York, was also like, no, this is crap. We're not taking this money. This is going to wreck communities and all the rest. Look, at the end of the day, Torontonians want transit to be built. They don't want more transit announcements. They don't want more transit plans. They want to be able to get on transit. They want to be able to move around the city. Uh, yes, they're there are going to be some learnings that came out of, say, how the Eglinton Crosstown, uh, the construction or not as much construction was built. Uh, but ultimately, something has to get built. Something has to give because there are lots of people who continue to move into Toronto and they need to get around the city. Uh, yeah, these are these are your folks, Kim. Uh, I mean, what's up? What what is there to gain by doing that at this point? There is a lot of people who have issue with the details of of the Ontario line, or even frankly how it was done. And this is a problem that we've seen on transit planning in the city for years. I mean, Mike Harris's first act, and when he came into government, was to rip up the original Eglinton Crosstown and fill it back in. There's a lot of skepticism as to whether or not uh, it's it's easier to talk about transit transit lines and it is to actually get them built. I'm of the opinion that, yes, there should always be how do we get the best possible transit line, but ultimately we need to start building them. And and we would have some of these lines from Transit City already operational. The Shepherd line would have been operational today, in fact, uh, for a couple of years by now, had it actually gone through and Mayor Rob Ford not uh, ripped up that agreement. Okay, I want to give the numbers out again, and I want to get on something that really bugs me. Uh, so it's about those Presto cards. So yesterday we had a report from the city's auditor general, and it was, they couldn't even get a real number. It was an estimate that the city is losing $3.4 million a year because of the failure of those Presto machines. And you talk about fare evasion, but these are people who want to pay. Yep. The machines don't work. Why the heck doesn't the city just sue those people? Yeah, and and the mayor in his press conference, and I'm sure he'll talk about this when he uh, when he joins the program. But you know, his comment was, "It's getting better." Well, it couldn't have gotten much worse, frankly, uh, where people were trying to pay. Uh, there were logistical issues or technological issues. Uh, none of this. You know, 10 years into Presto and the conversations around Presto, these 
bugs and issues should have been all worked out. Uh, and I think that needs to, and the mayor should be and is holding those feet to the fire and presto, getting that money back and getting those logistics uh, moving forward. Okay, uh, the mayor is with us now. Mayor John Tory, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so uh, uh, because uh, you were a little late, we got a chance to uh, trash this whole business with with Presto and the $3.4 million a year. And, and so the question is, before we get to the other stuff, why aren't you suing them? Well, we have made claims uh, with them, and they've made some claims of us. Uh, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where it's a business relationship, quite a large one, quite a complicated one. Uh, but the bottom line is they're well aware of our claims for different things that we think have not worked out to our satisfaction. Uh, we've been more focused in a way on just trying to get the thing fixed uh, than on suing each other or making claims. So, and I meant what I said. I just heard uh, your your person sitting with you there. I didn't know who it was, but commenting Kim on. Pardon me? It's Kim Wright. Oh, yeah, okay. I heard Kim referring to uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we've sort of let this go on for too long. I inherited this. I mean, this was a deal that was signed for a proprietary system. We were effectively, the city was effectively kind of forced into it 10 years ago. Uh, and it's not been, uh, you know, a happy experience overall. But I would say this, they've been working very hard recently to increase the reliability, which they have done, and it's measured. Uh, they have done things for us, like change the software to allow for the two-hour transfer, which is a huge initiative for us, and also to allow for a low-income fare pass. So, um, you know, I, we have meetings every single month about this and we're focused on it and we're just trying to get it we're trying to get them to fix it and uh i just don't like to talk so much about legal proceedings or claims uh unless we just get to the point where we're you know not making any progress anymore but we have been making progress uh how many years till it's fixed well, you know, the, the funny part of that question is that, in a way, I would argue that they should be getting it fixed as fast as they can. But at the same time, I mentioned this morning, talking to the media, that really what we should be doing is working uh, towards a system that allows for uh, open payment, they call it, so you could use your phone like you can in a Starbucks or a Tim Hortons and that sort of thing. And that's where we should be going. Uh, but that, you know, involves having the back end working properly, as it were. So whatever uh, system you're on, whatever you use, whether it's a Presto card or a phone, it works when you put it up against the machine. But I hope we're not talking years before it is at a level of reliability. Let's remember, when you have those devices, the scanning and reading devices and so on, on hundreds of transit vehicles, there's always going to be some on any given day that don't work. Uh, when they present reliability numbers to you, Metro, uh, Presto or anybody else, they don't presented at 100. They presented at 99 something. So we're not quite there at 99. We are getting closer. Um, so, you know, but but I, so I hope it's not years, but um, we're trying to make it a, an open system as opposed to this uh, system they designed in years gone by that like every other 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 bit of technology, it becomes obsolete or it becomes uh, less than uh, less than the most up to date thing you could have. Okay, uh, moving right along. Yep. Uh, so we now have uh Everyone in the 416 elected here is a liberal. Is that as before? A, pardon? It was the same as before. They were yeah. all liberals last time right. as well. Right. But is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Well, I mean, I, look, the real test for that is are, are they doing a good job representing their local interests? Because the party they represent, if you said to me, okay, we had, you know, four NDP and four conservative and a bunch of liberals or any other such number, I don't know how much difference that makes. I think it does mean there are voices from another party that might stand up in the House of Commons and ask a question about Toronto or apply some pressure. But I will say this. 
the previous uh, group of liberal MPs, most of whom have been reelected, same people, um, did a pretty good job of lobbying on our behalf to get money for transit, money for housing. So I just hope they go back to work and have the same or more success than they had before on things like more money for transit, more money for affordable housing, and get added to that list things like mental health and community safety. So I will not say it's a bad thing. These are people who you know, have worked with us well in the, my time as mayor, and I hope will going forward. Uh, and the people make that choice. I never argue with whether it's right, wrong, good, bad. They made their choice. And th- so I now, my job is to work together with the people who are elected, and that's what I'll do. Okay. Uh, and how does the fact that it's a minority parliament play into this? Uh, I think it helps us a little bit to work with the other parties uh, to apply pressure on the government so that when it comes to, say, money for affordable housing or the kinds of investments we need in community safety, especially for investing in neighborhoods and kids and families, we can work with the with the NDP, for example, or, uh, you know, and we will continue to work with the official opposition, the conservatives. Um, but I think that can help. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, a- anytime there's a majority government, that majority government can choose to just say, well, thank you for your views and not pay much attention to them. Uh, in minority government, you tend not to be able to do that. So I think that uh, it should help us advance our cause uh, with a government that has been a pretty good partner for Toronto overall. They've kept most of the promises they made in the last election, 2015. Now the job is going to be to get them to keep the promises they made in this election on things like community safety, housing, transit, and so on. Okay. Do you have uh, priorities, what you want to see get done first? Uh, Well, yes, I do in this respect, Libby. I would say that we have quite a bit of committed money for transit and housing, and the challenge will be just to make sure it flows. Uh, I'd like to see more committed for the future, but I think if we just get the money that's already committed from the previous term of office uh, flowing, that would be fine. So it means in terms of new investment, uh, you know, that we would like to see them move forward and make it would be in the areas of community safety, especially investment in some of the neighborhoods that really need need some support to help us with gun violence and just to help us with opportunity. And secondly, mental health. It is a huge issue we've discussed before uh, that is confronting us in many different aspects of city life, like homelessness, uh, policing, and so on. And we really need more help with mental health. We saw uh, an extremely conciliatory uh, statement from Premier Doug Ford, who's basically been MIA and uh, who was the target of uh, the prime minister's electioneering. Do you think that this is a kinder, gentler Doug Ford? And does that have any implications for the city's dealings? Well, I'll say for my own part, leaving aside his relationship with the Prime Minister, that uh, Mr. Ford, since he made some changes uh, late in the spring or in the summer, um, has uh, his government has been uh, easier to deal with. And I can speak to that personally and say that that is the case. And that includes the Premier. Um, so I, I would think things are looking up in that regard. Um, I very much hope that now that the election time's over, I mean, you know, elections, for good or for bad, lead to sometimes fractious relationships because people are mentioning each other's names and in political uh, discourse, uh, and the election's over, and uh, Mr. Ford doesn't have an election coming for some time. So I would hope that we can all work together, and I think his statement yesterday was meant to indicate that, and I will certainly be doing everything I can to help to make sure that the relationship between all three of us uh, is good, uh, because really what we're all there to do on behalf of the very same people is get stuff done, get transit built, get some more affordable housing, uh, you know, make sure the community stays safe. So I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, that statement and other things that I've seen indicate uh, that better times lie ahead in terms 
terms of the ability of all three governments to work together. I've had no trouble working with the federal government for the whole of the four years the same government's been in office. Um, I worked all right with, uh, you know, better than all right with Kathleen Wynne when she was Premier of Ontario. We had a bit of a rocky start with uh, Premier Ford, but I think things are improving. That's uh, that's good to hear. You know, following this election, there there are a lot of groups that feel completely ignored. Uh, and I don't know that it's groups that, uh, you know, you would see that much of, but it certainly uh, seniors feel completely ignored by this. Uh, and, you know, what do you say to people who feel almost disenfranchised? I say to keep advocating. I mean, I, I certainly try myself. Uh, you know, the, one of the reasons I'm out in the community so much, because I, I don't sleep that much, so it gives me more hours to be out in the community. And the main reason That's I go is not That's bad for you, because, by the way. Pardon me? That's bad for you, by the way. Well, no, no, no. It's because, I, look, I'm healthy. I mean, I touch wood. I'm healthy. So, But but having said that, one of the reasons I like to spend the extra time that I have awake out in the community is because, not because it's, it's of the festivals and the celebrations and the, the cakes and the whatnot, it's because you get to listen to people. And and I go to lots of events involving seniors, um, and I'm aware of their concerns about housing. I'm aware of their concerns about uh, people that are aging in larger numbers and uh, don't have the necessary attention paid to plans for things like dementia. Uh, you know, we're working to make sure transit is more accessible, that pedestrian safety is attended to more because the majority of people being injured in collisions uh, with cars are seniors. So I, I would just say that what they have to do is continue to advocate and don't give up feeling people aren't paying attention. I think people are. Uh, during the election, it's impossible for everybody to feel they got equal attention because every minute you spend on one thing is a minute you're not spending on something else. But uh, I, I think seniors, uh, we know, we in elected office, I'll speak for my Myself, that it is a growing group inside the city of Toronto. It's a group that has well-known and well-understood needs, and that the challenge for us is just to sort of keep listening, but also to implement things that address those needs. And uh, finally, uh, Vision Zero. Give us a progress report, please. Well, since we last chatted, uh, you know, it continues to be an area of frustration for me because there continue to be collisions take place, including those that take lives and including lives more than any other group of seniors. People 55 and over are, are the bulk of the people that are losing their lives in completely preventable uh, collisions. And so what we've done on a very tangible basis is at hundreds of places around the city, we have changed speed limits. Dozens and dozens of places we've done reconstruction and alterations to crosswalks, to intersections, and so on. Dozens of places we've installed red light cameras to catch people who are, uh, you know, who are going through intersections. And, and half the time when they, not half the time, but many times when they do that, they strike someone. Uh, we are about to introduce, subject to the last hurdle being crossed with the province, but we've said December, uh, photo radar will be introduced, which is to get people to slow down. The biggest frustration I face on all this is changing human behavior, because in the end, you can put in red light cameras and photo radar and change intersections, but if people don't decide so that they can be safe with their fellow citizens, they're going to slow down and drive uh, without being distracted, um, then we're going to see a continuing challenge in front of us. But we have made huge progress. I could send you a list of the projects that have been done in the last few months and that are being done now, millions of dollars being invested in creating new crossing areas, senior safety zones, red light cameras, all the stuff I mentioned. So, um, you know, we're, we're working away at it, but we need to have people's cooperation and changing their behavior and slowing down and paying attention when they're driving because that's going to be the biggest contributor to getting down to zero deaths. Now, I, I, I bring this up every time I talk to you, sure. and it's about the timing 
of the lights because I know that there are complaints about people who end up turning left on a red light, but there are many, many intersections where it's legal to make a left turn, mm-hmm. but you, you, there's no way to do it unless you do it on red. And we have, in some of those kinds of intersections, and if you have some specifically that you want to send me a note on, you may have mentioned them to me before, I don't recall, but, um, you know, we have changed the timing on those lights. And, you know, it's a funny thing. Literally, the kinds of changes will make add like three or four seconds uh, to a light that, uh, you know, or including one of those arrows that might last for, you know, 30 seconds. But when you add three or four seconds, it'll sometimes allow one more car to get through safely so that what you don't have is either the car racing through on the red light, as you say, which is when people get struck. Uh, and that's what red light cameras pick up. And I know what you're saying is, well, it's fine to have the red light camera pick those up, things up, but wouldn't it be better just to have a little longer time on the light to let the car turn safely and not have to bother with people getting huge fines or the danger of people getting struck? So if you have, or if your listeners have, intersections in particular where they say a minor alteration to the timing of the signal to allow a little more time for people to turn left safely would make a difference for safety and for keeping people moving. Uh, safety first, though, uh, I would say send me that information and I will act on it because we've changed lots and lots of uh, those signals. Uh, the other thing we've done, so you know, is we have induced, introduced something called the pedestrian interval uh, signal, which means that, in fact, in many, many intersections, and I think it's now up to a couple of hundred, the pedestrians get a head start. In other words, they, they will have the walk sign show in front of them before the light turns green for the traffic so they have unimpeded ability to start across the intersection safely, but it gives them a bit of extra time. And then the other thing we've done, back to your question on seniors, is we have retimed hundreds of intersections across the city to allow more time for pedestrians to get across the street, recognizing there are more people who are older today. Okay. Mayor John Tory, I'm going to let you go. Thank yep. you very much for Thanks. being I'll with us. I'll come back on when you next ask, and oh. we'll talk to you then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we're going to take another break, but people, if you were listening, he is uh, listening and he wants us to send him those intersections where you cannot turn left legally because there's no advanced green or it lasts for 20 seconds. And, and even when it turns yellow, there are people going straight who are rushing through. So um, in the meantime, uh, we do have a few minutes left. We're going to take a break, but, but call us and tell us if you, do you have an intersection in mind? Uh, because I certainly do. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Back. Uh, Daryl in Toronto has been waiting patiently. Hi, Daryl. Hi, how are you? Doing? Fine. You're on the okay. air. Go ahead. Yeah, I was uh, going through a closet yesterday, cleaning some stuff out. I just had a little sobering fact. I found an old pamphlet. It had to be from before 2010, and it's about the Edmonton transit line. It says, when will Edmonton line work begin? Construction is estimated to begin in 2010. The line fully running by approximately 2016 with new low-floor vehicles. So that's how bad things are developing. I just want to put that in. Also, I hope to ask the mayor, why is it that the two-hour transit is not across the line completely only for Presto cars? Uh, I think Kim may be able to answer that. So in large part, they actually started, they test piloted it on St. Clair. Uh, you I may remember. That. And like um, one of the things that as they were trying to figure out the way to appropriately implement it across the transit network, it mm-hmm. felt that the 
easiest place and best place to start given how the they're moving away from uh, face-to-face contact with drivers and, and ticket booths that to do it through the Presto system. Uh, not a great answer. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but that seems to be the way that it has evolved. Hopefully they'll bring it back uh, for those especially who use tokens and, and cash fares. Yeah, because it makes feel like, you know, second-class citizens. Okay. Okay, Daryl, thanks Thank very much. But, but Okay. Uh, that's all the time we have. Kim Wright, thanks so much for hanging around. Thanks for having me at all of my different hats. That's right. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.